Okay, here we go. We're going to go in three, two, and one. Hey, everyone. It's meteorologist Joe Martucci. We are here on July 7th. This is like the latest we've ever done a wrap-up this deep into the month. We do a first and third Wednesdays. Just so happens the first Wednesday of the month is the 7th. So we're going to talk about June here, but we'll chat a little bit about 4th of July weekend as well. Join with me as we do every month at the top of the month. New Jersey State Climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson, who just came off a of vacation to one of the hottest places in the world a couple of weeks ago. He was just in the Pacific Northwest. So welcome back home. It's good to be back, but... Uh... Pacific Northwest has to be on your bucket list. I know. You told me that off camera. You said I had to go. And I said, nothing really like interests me there, but I could be wrong. Um, I'm sure I am. But you were there, just real quick. You were there during the massive record-breaking heat wave. You were mostly at elevation, so you escaped you know, the worst of it. You know, But uh, just tell us what it was like being there during that period of time. Yeah, I mean, well, it truly was tragic out there. Um, both in British Columbia, Washington, and, and Oregon, there were a number of excess deaths that still aren't understood. So let's put it in that context. This just obliterated past records. Uh, the closer you were to lower elevation and away from the immediate coast, the hotter you were. Places like Seattle and Portland and, and inland up in the Dalles, up the Columbia River Valley, where temperatures were 110, 117 degrees, up in Lytton, British Columbia, uh, 121 degrees. And then uh, the next day, a brush fire essentially destroyed the town. Just, just horrific. I mean, this is like apocalyptic in some respects. It was shattering all-time records by 10 degrees. Um, we were up at 3,500 feet in Bend, Oregon. It was 109 degrees. That broke their all-time record that went back 105 years, broke it by five degrees. Um, the previous day, they had broken it by four degrees. The next day, it was only 102. It was two degrees off the record. That's cool. Now, I might add, though, you, I know what was happening back in Jersey, and you were dealing with a lot of heat and humidity. We were. And the discomfort index got well above 100. Now, in Bend, when it was 109 degrees, the relative humidity was 7%. And the field temperature was 102. It was actually cooler than the temperature. <laughs> so you weren't feeling that much cooler here in New Jersey uh, when it came to discomfort because of the humidity levels. Right. You know, I, it's, uh, it's a great example of it's not the heat, it's the humidity. I hear so much here. Of course, it can also work the other way because, you know, if it was 116 degrees in Vegas, I always tell people, I said, listen, 116 in Vegas is still freaking hot. It doesn't matter what the humidity could be 0.1%. It's yeah, still hot. I mean, and there's this famous postcard where there's a skeleton in the desert and underneath it, it says, but it's a dry heat. Right. Um, you know, it, but the, these numbers were just astronomical and it was affecting vegetation. We saw impacts on vegetation when we went into the Willamette Valley for for a day uh, where it had been 110 degrees. We're talking temperatures 30 degrees or more above normal, which is, you know, here that would be like 120 um, because we average upper not upper 80s during yeah. July. It would yeah. be like being 115 plus. Uh, plus, there is very dry out there, of course, which exacerbates the heat. But I was telling you off camera, 
we were hiking. Well, we were hiking up to 9,000 feet. We were at 8,000 feet two days where it was in, oh, only the 80s. Um, we were hiking around a lake at, at 6,000 feet elevation. Yeah. It was 90 degrees when we pulled into this dirt parking lot. And as we're hiking around the lake in the shade, there's still some natural snow. What? So I, I can't even You're telling me you made a snowball. I can't even imagine that. 90 degrees. And, and now in the shade, it probably was only 85 degrees. And, I don't know. But it, it, it was just a remarkable um, a, event for that area. And it's, it's a really tragic in some respects, too. Um, something they had, frankly, never experienced before. Sure. Um, both the severity of the heat and it was three days and inland it was it's still going on bend is still i'm looking at there's still 10 15 degrees above normal um so yeah. um you know and and mind you at the same time it was happening out there there was a massive heat wave in europe and western um and western asia moscow was setting records and 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 helsinki was setting records so you know we're, we're cooking and the heat dome if you will is coming back building back in the west yeah. over the next couple of days so I, yeah. i'll tell you it's uh and, and i just read a preliminary study earlier this morning out of a group in europe that proceeds they usually are a couple of days ahead of noaa in mm -hmm. issuing um their synopsis for the previous month they say north they're claiming north america was record warm june mm -hmm. So stay tuned for that to get a little bit more press. I think um, globally, fourth warmest June. Um, the three above it were all in the last five years or so. Yeah. So the the plant the planet's cooking, folks. It's it's and and we're seeing it in summer, um, and uh, it, it it's worrisome for a number of areas of the globe. You know, let me, I want to ask you two questions about this, then we'll jump into New Jersey. First question is, you know, is it fair to attribute a percentage of this to human-induced climate change? But then two, on a slightly lighter note, in British Columbia, they broke the Canadian all-time record three days in a row. Just how incredible is that? Like, is that one of the most incredible weather feats in recorded history? Like, or, I, you know, I, it might even be the most incredible weather feat. I'm not sure. It's just it, it, crazy. That's a, gr that's a great point, Joe, because, you know, an all-time record is unusual. And they shattered the all-time Canadian record, which I can't remember. It was 110. It was, made, it was above 110. It was out on the prairie. Um, and, and here you were in a valley, a very well-known warm spot, an inland valley with downsloping, and, and it's been very dry there. Yeah. So it's not unusual that it happened in Leighton, but the magnitude of it was astounding. I mean, their all-time record high now exceeds the all-time record high of Las Vegas. Um, it was How about warmest, that? A little food for thought for everybody. The warmest on record globally, on record, north of 45 degrees latitude um which bisects oregon 45 degrees mm -hmm. um so you're up in light and it's even higher uh so just yeah if you're a weather geek a record geek this one was one of the all-time greatest weather records I yeah think. So. I, you know i was explaining to people i said it's like 
you know, Will Chamberlain scored 100 points in a basketball game. Well, it would be like if he scored 101 the next day, then 102 the day after. Like, you you would still be talking about it. So, you know, I mean, I don't know if climate records are as, pos- are as popular as basketball, but this is something I think if you like weather or you're interested in weather, you could talk about this for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. It was truly that extraordinary. Now, in terms of the climate change aspect to it, there are actually some papers I've heard that are going to be coming out very quickly on attribution studies. This is a burgeoning area of climate research. goes back 10, 15 years. Uh, sophisticated mathematics, and it's, they, they look for attribution. Um, each year, the American Meteorological Society publishes something that looks at the previous year's extremes and tries to attribute them to mm-hmm. natural causes, to anthropogenic, human-induced causes, and even look at percentages of such. And so I can't say yet with great certainty, but I can say with next to great certainty, they're going to find that the both the extreme nature of the temperature and perhaps even the duration. So we're, all, we're talking about two things, the, the extreme temperatures and the duration of the extreme temperatures. I think they'll find that there's very little chance that this could have occurred without a human amplification. It's not as if the Pacific Northwest wouldn't have been under a heat ridge last week, maybe for a day or two, were we not roaming the planet. Um, But because of the human activities, we're making things stronger, more extreme, and sometimes lasting longer and sometimes occurring in unusual locations. Mm -hmm. So I'm quite confident we're going to find that there is a a human factor, Um, not a be-all and end-all. That's the tricky thing about weather and climate. We know how variable it is naturally, but it's this amplification. It's the climate on steroids, uh, as one of your former professors um, would brought up in terms of uh, this is Professor Tony Broccoli, right? Yes. He coined the idea that someone hits 70 home runs and they're on steroids. Which ones of those home runs wouldn't have been a home run? Right. Clearly, this is a power hitter. Right. But which ones made it over the fence because of the steroids as opposed to not being on them? And right. that's what it's a rough analogy. It's kind of what we're yeah. looking at. It One skews, of my points. Excuse the, the 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 curve of temperatures, right? Excuse it warmer, yeah. so yeah, yeah it and, has a greater chance. Sure. You know, one of my former professors, Jim Hansen, Columbia University, brought and, and NASA brought to to um, uh, brought to Congress in the late eighties. It was a dice. It was dice, mm-hmm. and you roll the dice, and it's loaded dice. So you're going to roll snake eyes more often than 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 not because you've loaded the dice. Right. That's kind of what we're doing right. with our climate system. And I'm sorry, you know, I'm uh, breaking news for anybody listening to this on Wednesday. New Jersey's now in a tropical storm watch for Elsa. Just came across. So not not surprised. Not surprised. Yeah. Now some of you are probably going to listen to this after Elsa comes, so we won't go into any uh, crazy predictions or anything. But tropical storm watch is in effect. I would imagine there's going to be a warning on. Um, sometime early Thursday for this, um, you know, and I'm going to say overall, we've, we had two tropical storms last year, so we're not, uh, you know, uh, we're accustomed to it. 
Um, we'll see. It's going to go on, depend on the track of the low pressure system as it does. We want to stay on the western side of that because it looks like most of the rain and, of course, the wind are going to be on the east side of that. So, we'll. Uh, yeah. I mean, look at last summer. I mean, ECASIS was too strong. Uh, yeah. Fay yeah. in a couple areas, southwest Jersey, was a little too wet. Yeah. But ultimately, Look at the National Drought Monitor. New England was in drought last summer. Yeah. New Jersey wasn't. And it's because of those two storms. And there are a couple others that brushed us with some rain. So these storms, if they are well behaved, mm -hmm. can bring some beneficial rain to, to New Jersey for our groundwater, our reservoirs, our crops, our gardens. So let's hope this is a well behaved couple of inches. Yes. Yeah you know, in six, 12 hours and, and, and we'll, we'll welcome that rain. Yeah. Hopefully so. Um, you know, we'll take the rain and Isaias, you know, we should say, you know, on the coast, we didn't get a lot of rain from Isaias. We got less than a half inch, you know, most of the rain was on the West side of the storm, but we were on the East side where you see the strongest wind. So, you know, these storms all act a little bit differently is my point. And, you know, it looks like, Thankfully, most of the, well, dep depending on, if we're on the west side of the storm, we're not going to get the same wind or the same rain with this, but we will see, you know, as we go forward. Um, you know, we'll do, we'll, let's take a break right here. Good time to break. We'll come back and it's all Jersey, the rest of the way, I promise. We'll talk about June. This is the Something in the Air podcast. All right, everyone, we're back. It's the Something in the Air podcast. We are recapping the month of June. We are here with New Jersey State Climatologist and birthday buddy, May 13th birthday buddy, in case anybody's keeping score, Dr. Dave Robinson. Um, so let's talk all about Jersey here because uh, we talked about everything else in the first half. We were talking about your worldly experiences, but let's bring it back home. Uh, I think when I think of June, um, I think of the two heat waves that we had here in our corner of the state. Um, you know, I also think about just how awful Memorial Day weekend still was and how our weekends kind of recovered after that point, you know, the all important shore weekends. So let's start off with the temperatures. So we had our two heat waves. Um, did we wind up above average in the area? Did we wind up below average? And, you know, could you put those heat waves in context for us? Yeah, uh, it was a real, you know, we're, I'm writing the narrative a little bit late for June. I'm calling it hit or miss. I'm thinking more for the month. I'm thinking more in terms of precipitation, which varied a lot locally. Uh, but even in terms of temperature, we were up, we were down, we were up, we were down. We had a 34 degree morning um, on the 17th up in Walpack, up in the valley of Northwest Jersey, 37. Yet we were hit the century mark uh, the last day of the month uh, in Jersey at our station in Jersey City. Um, so looking down your way, um, Atlantic City was a little bit, I think, 1.3 degrees above average. Um, a little cooler along the coast. Uh, the, yeah. the marina only came in, I think, a half degree above and never hit 90. No, we did not. We had a bunch of sea, sea breezes kept rolling in each day and it kept yes. it cool. Yeah, that really helped. But statewide, and we're still the National Centers for Environmental Information, but very slow this month getting numbers out because of the holiday. But tentatively, the last values they put out yesterday, and the finals will be today, uh, our ranking, I think it was 1.8 degrees above the 1991 to 2020 mean 
three degrees above the last century's mean. It'll be tied for the eighth warmest June on record. So that last heat wave yeah. snuck up on us and popped us into the top 10. We had been running around 20th, 25th warmest before that. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying we're used to it, um, but some places in the state have already over a dozen days over 90 uh, for, for the year. Mm -hmm. And the long-term averages in a lot of areas is in the upper teens. Yeah. So, and we've already did uh, hit some 90 degree days in July. So, you know, these warm summers are becoming more and more normal. Right. And, and remember in Thank summer, we don't have a large range in temperature like we do in the winter um, between months and between years in winters. It's kind of close. So if you're two degrees above normal, that's pretty impressive uh, anomaly. And so if we're raising temperatures, we talked about in the first segment by, you know, a degree or two to make all time records out west or whatever. There was even more than a degree or two. Um, that's enough to push you above 90 more often. That's enough to push you into the top 25% and occasionally into the top 10. Yeah. Um, just those couple of degrees. And, and you may say, well, it's just a couple of degrees, but don't we all notice it in, in the summer? If it's uh, two degrees above normal, two degrees below, you're going to have people say this was really a, a warm month or boy, this was a pleasant change for a, a summer month. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't get many of those pleasants any longer. What, what was the last time we had a, a below average June? That's was there question. recently? I have, to, I have to look back at it, but um, the the we're lying. I think I looked of the top sixteen because there's a tie for fifteenth. I looked at the top sixteen June temperatures, and seven of the top sixteen have been since two thousand and five. And we have records going back to 1895. That's where you have to put it in that context. Yeah. So half of the top 16 almost of the last 127 years have occurred in the last 15, 16 years. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's just going off the charts when it comes to that added warmth. Right. Putting your finger on the climate scale is what's, you know, what's happening with you know, not every year, like you said, but overall, it's juicing up the atmosphere and juicing up our, you know, land for potential for, for warmer temperatures. And, you know, listen, if you're, you're sitting in your air conditioning all day, you work in the air conditioning, maybe it's not the biggest impact on you. But, you know, there are, if you're working outside, if you're going to be out in the heat, you know, you don't want those 90 degree days, you know, 15 times, you know, whatever, 15 times a month, you know, you, you would like to limit that as much as possible. And the overnight lows too. You know, if you don't have air exactly. conditioning, and I was going to touch on that, you know, if you don't have air conditioning and some people don't, you know, when you get nights over 70, it's usually not a dry 70. It's a humid 70. That's uncomfortable to sleep in. Yeah. And that last heat wave in June, um, I think out of our 64 stations on two nights, almost uh, about 60 of them stayed above 70, between 70 and 78. That cool station up in Wallpack. Oh, they got down to 65 or 66. Um, so, you know, that that last heat wave of the month was the one that had the excessively high temperatures, plus it had the humidity. I mean, High Point Monument, our station up there, hadn't hit 90 degrees since 2018. They got to 91, I guess it was on the 30th. 
they hadn't been to 91 since 2010 when it hit 95. 2010 was a real hot summer, people may remember. Uh, but that was the hottest temperature at the highest point in the state in 10, in 11 years was June 30th when it hit 91. You know, it was interesting. Just, you know, you talk about the heat here. Atlantic City or National Airport was 90 on that first on June 28th. 93 on that second day to 29th and then 94 and 30th. No really in South Jersey actually broke daily high temperature records, but that wasn't the case in the northern half of the state. Any particular reason for that? Yeah, I mean, it's some of its wind flow. We have, if you get northwesterly winds, there's some what's called downsloping. It comes off the Poconos, it comes off the highlands, and that air compresses a little as it comes down. And that can give you warmer temperatures up in the north. One thing that maybe is involved is um, it was drier in June up north. The northern part of the state had an inch or two less rain than the southern half, which was a little below average, but closer to average. Mm -hmm. And the drier land heats up more readily. I'd say that would be a secondary effect. I think it was more the wind flow patterns on on those days that uh, warmed up the north a little more than the south. Yeah, and to your point, you know, we had sea breezes working along the immediate shore. You know, Atlantic City Marina, a couple of those days where the airport was above 90, it wasn't even above 80 at the marina some of those days, and that was for both heat waves. So, you know, we did, you know, the, the sea breeze is your friend sometimes. Beach relief. Uh, well, and remember, it's still it was still June. So, you know, that happens in late July, early August, you tack a couple more degrees onto Atlantic City Marina. Right. Um, But still, we're warming up our ocean temperatures, which actually helped to air condition our coast a little bit more during the heat of June this year. Yep. Gotcha. We'll turn over to uh, rainfall now. Of course, it's summer, so it can be very varied from one place to the other. Um, So I know I'm going to I know you have to take some of this with a grain of salt. But just talk about the month of June, you know, as a whole in South Jersey, wetter than average, drier, about the same. It it was drier than average overall, although not as much as up north and not, you know, anywhere near top 20 percent or anything like that. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's this hit or miss uh, type of pattern that we often see. But oftentimes the hit or misses on different days of the month kind of average out. But here. It was you got hit a couple times during the month or you missed a couple times because every one of the counties we talk about, Atlanta County, for instance, looking at our Cocoa Ross observers, the wettest spot was Folsom at mm-hmm. 6.08 inches. That's above normal by a couple of inches. Sure. The driest spot was Galloway at 3.28. So almost half of what Folsom got. But it's even more pronounced when you go down to Cape May where Woodbine had 4.53 inches, but not too far away, Dennis Township only had 2.13. So there's more than a factor of two difference. And then up in Ocean County, Stafford Township had 4.78, wettest spot in Ocean County, and Pine Beach, not that far away, 2.21. So again, more than a factor of two. So very, you know, you as I said, sometimes those storms that hit or miss over the course of the month, even out geographically, yeah. not in June, where it wanted to rain, it rained, where it didn't want to rain, it didn't rain. 
Yeah, it was, and you know, we're just working in Pleasantville. We had, we saw, we had days where thunderstorms were flaring up just around us, but you know, you had nothing there. And I, and you always get the question from, you know, people I work with, is it going to rain at my house at seven o'clock? Um, and I'm like, I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I mean, there will be storms. If you told me, are there going to be storms in Atlanta County? I'd say, yes, of course. But it's just the nature of these thunderstorms, right? Anytime you get to thunderstorm season, unless it's aligned with a cold front, and even then it can sometimes be you know, scattered, but it's just hard to pinpoint where these are going to be until they're already forming and moving. Then I could tell you. But, you know, people want their answers ahead of time. I understand that. It's something we... Yeah. In the weather modeling community, in the meteorology community, you know, I'm sure we'll get even better over time, but it's tough to tell you what's going to happen even five hours from now on a thunderstorm day. Yeah, you're never yet going to get it perfectly. Um, you know, up in central Jersey last night, I could see that line coming through, but there were little breaks in it. And I'm like, are we going to get the heaviest part or not? And I ended up with 1.43 inches. Whereas someone else in my community, a half mile away, just to the north, had 1.21. He had two tenths of an inch less. He yeah. was within half a mile. Um, but those storms, as you say, you can sometimes do now casting, see that line come through. But last night they kept reforming yeah. a little, a little bit of training, um, not a classic training event. And what I thought might only be a quarter or half an inch of rain proved to be well over an inch when all was said and done. So, yeah, I mean, no knock on the meteorologic community at all. We just can't get to that kind of detail. And, and, and I think I agree, I agree with you. It's going to get better, but you're never going to be able to tell someone um, well in advance, you know, cancel the picnic. Yeah, yeah. So you got to say, yeah, listen, the game. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And I've gotten calls, you know, shout out Ventner Special Events. Um, they've called me a couple of times. Hey, should we cancel? Should we cancel for this? And you just have to word it nicely. You know, I mean, it's like one of those things where like, if you can tolerate the risk for rain, keep it. If you can't, you can have to cancel it, but you might cancel it at the risk of it just being partly sunny, you know? So yeah. challenges yeah. of weather. But That's, let's, um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's summer in Jersey. That summer is Jersey. summer in Jersey. That's it. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. We have another minute here. Um, was there anything you wanted to touch upon for a couple of seconds that we missed out on? And if not, just tell us what's uh, going on with the uh, Climate Center and uh, where we can find more information. Yeah, well, we do have a new station that's almost all the way installed, Little Egg Harbor uh, Township, um, going out through the salt marsh to the Rutgers Marine Science Center. Uh, we don't have the anemometer there yet. We have to get a lift to put it on the tower. But you can go online and find that station's temperature, humidity, um, precipitation. So it fills a nice gap between Atlantic City Marina Station and Harvey Cedars. And we're always looking to install more and even better equipment. This is real good equipment at this station along the coast. So I bring that to uh, everyone's attention. Yeah. Um, other than that, we're still, you know, we're going to have to deal with a lightning strike out in Hopewell Township last night that fried the thermometer unit, but fortunately nothing else. So we have those things to deal with in the summer as we're mowing the, the grass around the stations. Sometimes our hosts do it. Sometimes we have to. We have to look out for the lightning threats. Uh, never, never a dull moment. So njweather.org. 
Uh, if you want to look at the longer term climate side of things, njclimate.org. Um, All right. And, and don't forget Kokoraz. Nothing better than Kokoraz during the summer with this hit or miss type of rain to I fill think. in those holes that our electronic network of 64 stations can't do. Um, we're getting 250 plus Kokoraz observations a day, which is just incredibly wonderful. And kudos to those listening who are Kokoraz contributors. To those who aren't, join us. That's right. It's at kokoraz.org. Or if you just type in Martucci Robinson Kokoraz, you'll see an article about it. You can you can check that out too. I'm in Kokoraz timeout because I committed a Kokoraz foul, um, which we won't get into uh, because it might put some shame on me as a meteorologist. But let's just say eventually it will be up and running. Um, We'll you get that. a pass because you promote the network so well. Okay. All right. Good. You got a free, uh, get out of jail. <laughs> I got to get out of jail free card. All right. Good. I have to move my, my rain gauge. That is, that is the, uh, the situation. But it's a little too close to the building. You know, it's so close to the building. It's, it's actually on the building. That's how close it is. And they caught it. And I knew it was bad. I knew I, I my 100% hand up, my fault. But uh, we are going to get that fixed. It's so, so close to the building that my co-leader, Matt Gerbush, the assistant state climatologist, and I thought you were pranking us when you showed us a picture. Of I know, and I feel bad because you probably thought so highly of me. And then you said, what is going on here? But what did I, we teach you here? What did you teach I failed. I failed, but I'm going to rectify the situation. It will be fixed. I have to get a timeline on that, though. All right, let's wrap it up. We are good here. Uh, Dr. Robinson, thanks for being here with us uh, today. We're going to chat with you guys on the 20, look at my calendar, 1st of July. We have Matt Lanza, who I think you know, you know Matt Lanza, right? Mm -hmm. Matt Lanza, South Jersey native, runs a website, kind of runs a cat, like a press of Atlantic City weather thing, what I'm doing, but down in Houston. We're going to chat with him and then we'll be back with you at the beginning of August. So take care, everybody. Stay safe and we will chat with you guys soon.